pride of Limerick. A young man named Sean Sheehan. The MMA media, Don Graham McDonald. The severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot. And I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 192 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan and today I'm joined by the Andros Townsend of Irish MMA media, Graham McDonald. We look back on a huge night of MMA and a huge week of MMA as well, but I'm sure we'll get into all that. Graham, it's, it's since last week Liverpool have won the Premier League. How are you feeling today? <laughs> Many other fans, I say they're, they're having a great time, watching, having watched matches a day in, in months. Yeah. When's the last time you watched Match of the Day, Sean? I watched it last week. So. Oh, did you? Yeah. yeah. Man United won, I suppose. All I've done is scare. Literally, and I never watch it unless Man United win. I just... <laughs> uh, it's dead to me, really. Really, soccer is dead. Like, I was, I was talking to a few people, and I was, I was actually saying, like, Liverpool are eventually going to win the Premier League. We all know that. But I think this this would be the year to win it, really, because Limerick won the All-Ireland this year. At least it was soften the blow <laughs> it's a little bit. nothing to do with it, though. No, but it would soften the blow a little bit for me. Like, no, it wouldn't, it let's would. be honest. You're nah, just touching the straws. I'm not, no. If, no See, Liverpool are, if Liverpool are going to win the league, it's going to be, and if they're going to win it this season, it's going to be 2019, so it'll be a distant was, memory your your great day in Dublin. It's the same season. Limerick will still be reigning All-Ireland champions at that stage if they do it, so. Uh, living in the past, typical Man United fans. Look, even Nice team and a nice, nice group of players <laughs> and a nice manager. I, and Stephen Gerrard and Jamie Carragher wouldn't win it as well, so I could. It'd be okay. I, so I, Gerrard's I hope do, doing all. Gerrard's doing all right in uh, in in Rangers at Rangers. I know you're kind of a guy who you know plays everything down and will never say when Liverpool should be favourites or not. But if they well, did, I don't count my chickens until yeah, until they're. But if they didn't, there. if they didn't win it now, it'd be some fuck up though. Really, wouldn't it? Ten points clear on Man City if they didn't win it now. Well, be... you know, they're not clear because they're ahead, but not clear because of the game in hand. I think some people don't know what the clear means, but yeah, but still. Um, yeah, seven points ahead if Man City win today, which they probably will, but we never know. You never know. Like anything can happen in a game of football, and there's there's a lot of football to be played. Like there's what, eighteen more games, nineteen for City. That's a lot of football still to be played. Like a half season, basically, uh, a lot can happen. You can see how easily things can swing with Man City losing two games there in a week. So if, if Liverpool were to lose to Man City and to lose another game, or even not to lose another game, the momentum kind of shift back towards. Man City and uh, you know a, a broken hand to Allison or a, an injury to Virgil Van Dijk could could change a lot as well. So uh, and any any of the front three at Liverpool as well. So uh, they don't have the squad depth that that Man City do. Like, but they they, they have better squad depth than I think uh, Spurs and the other the other chasing teams. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of football to be played. And, yeah, like, were, historically, yeah. Liverpool struggle against teams. Uh, Teams that don't really have like the teams you'd expect them to beat, but they haven't been doing that this season. So hopefully that can continue. But I say there'll be a lot of there'll be a lot of pressure pressure games before the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And the Champions League is coming up as well. Bayern Munich, and you got you got games at midweek and, and the excuses uh, are coming Munich. in already here. Like yeah, you're, you're but not you know you know yourself like uh, like uh, you were really talking know. about you were talking a couple of seasons ago about the only the only reason Liverpool were doing so well in the league is because they didn't have Champions League or, or football. Ah yeah. Sure so you, you let's be honest. Yeah, I do that. I do <laughs> you're just trying to you're just trying to be like, oh, it's all over. So you, well, it's you can brace gonna, yourself. It's obviously going to be easier yourself for the. It's obviously going to be easier if you don't have the the games like. But you know, everyone has those yeah. games. All the big. The Champions games. League is obviously really important as well. So those games will be a bit of rotation going on as well. So we might see a bit more Klein, a bit more Moreno, a bit more 
Matt up in Lovren. So hopefully Gomez can get back and hopefully Oxley Chamberlain can get back as well. Indeed. Uh, all right, let's get Man into... United, though, uh, yeah. Man United, though. No, no, so. go on. Like, we're fucking five minutes <laughs> now. We've actually, we have gone too much in this now. We've got five minutes on it. All right, let's get into, uh, let's get into the MMA here. Um, God almighty. What, I suppose we need to kind of decompartmentalize. Is that the word? I think it, I think it is. Yeah, we'll have to kind of decompartmentalize it into, into two different uh, areas. I suppose one being, obviously, the fights and the other being... The drug testing and what happened the, the week before. Let, let's talk about the fights first, because that's kind of the, the newest thing. And then we'll get into all the drug testing and, and whatever uh, after it. The um, drama. The, the drama, yes, indeed, indeed. Um, let's let's talk about John Jones versus Alexander Gustafsson first. T- like to me, this was this was just an unbelievable display by John Jones. Just a brilliant d- tactical display, brilliant game plans. Just took. This fight away from from Alexander Gustafsson, like come into it. I was kind of uh, I tweeted that Alexander Gustafsson would win. I talked to the boys on submission radio. Talked to you last night. And I, I talked or last week, sorry. Yeah, and I, I talked, told you Jones would win, though, didn't I? You did, but I, <laughs> I, I thought there was a path to victory for Alexander Gustafsson. Like I thought, if Gustafsson could go back, uh, could push Jones back, could throw his his uh, big left hook that he throws on his right hand and throw his leg kicks and counter Jones's leg kicks, that he could win the fight because. You know, I, I thought he could do that because in, in that area, right, and, and I said this beforehand so people can go back and listen, if if Alexander Gustafsson got into that area, he can win because he proved in the first fight that he can stop John Jones' takedowns, one, and he proved that he can win the fight in that area too because he did a lot a of the time. time ago, though, yeah, uh, but yeah. He did a lot of time in the first fight. Just let me explain for a second. He did a lot of time in the first fight, right? This The big issue he couldn't do here was Alexander Gustafsson, or uh, um, John Jones and Joe Rogan in on the part on the uh, on the broadcast said, "Uh, I want to say she said John Jones is going backwards here t- too much. Something something like that. He, he doesn't like he, John Jones won't like going backwards here like that." And I was like, "That is might be the stupidest thing anyone's ever said in the UFC broadcast." And John Jones actually said it afterwards. John Jones's plan was to go backwards. He he said literally said himself he wanted a Gustafson Gustafson. So Gustafson in the first uh, fight. Uh, as we talked about last week, he was circling all the time, just circling around. That's why he got very tired in the last uh, couple of rounds. Um, you know, that's why I thought he needed to change up his game. And John Jones obviously saw that. He knew that he wasn't going to do the same thing. So John Jones decided to make him circle by circling himself. John Jones decided to make him follow him around. He circled and beat Gustafson the way Gustafson was trying to beat him in the first round, in the first fight. He was very, very defensive, used his lint, true kicks. Oh, there was almost no boxing in this fight there was bits now the, the second part of that right he he took away kind of that lint he took away the boxing area he didn't let uh Gustafson get through now Gustafson didn't get through and didn't get his boxing down because he couldn't hook around the corner he couldn't cut off the cage how did John Jones win that first fight and stop Gustafson from from circling all the time I said it when if you watch the rewatch he kicked him on the side Gustafson tried to circle to every time or he punched him or he threw you know he's spinning back kick or whatever Gustafson couldn't do that he couldn't stop John Jones circling he couldn't break the, down the area to get into boxing when he did for the little bits of period what happened the wrestling came John Jones he either went in under to try to take him down and ended that boxing um, uh, collision that they were going to have or else he took him down it was like John Jones did everything perfectly. He just refused to fight Alistair and Gustafson in the way Gustafson wanted to fight him. Now, 
a couple of times Gustafson came in and he landed the hooks and everything but almost always Jones came on under with with the takedown we saw it in the in the second round um Jones Jones came in under with him he he when Gustafson like when Gustafson attacked that this was it was Jones's game plan when Gustafson like went out all out attack that you couldn't kind of circle away from him he just like went full Habib at you he he would go for the takedown we saw it in the in the in the start of the third especially when he did take him down he just went all out for that takedown and that's what he kind of needed to do to stop Gustafson getting getting anything off and Gustafson got almost nothing off in that fight it was an absolute domination by Jones an absolute unbelievable display of game planning and of producing a game plan when, when it got there it was just absolutely brilliant by John Jones what did you think yeah it was it was it was brilliant from John Jones he he, he just has a really good fight IQ and he just believes in himself so much and I, I, I kind of said it before before the fight, Gustafsson missed his chance to beat John Jones when John Jones was kind of didn't take him seriously and uh, was out in the whatever partying up to up to the fight and just not not taking the fight the first fight five years ago at all serious. Um, now now John Jones kind of had a point to prove and some people are even saying for years that oh he lost that fight and it's really the only fight that people consider that he he might have lost in his whole career so. I'm sure John Jones wanted to go out there and make a statement, and he he definitely did that. He he, he did loads of things that he always does, uh, the oblique kicks, uh, working the leg, working the body, just such a good good array of strikes, and um, never throws anything too hard. Like he never overcommits. Well, not never overcommits, but he's not prone to overcommitting. He he's just so smooth in there, and just such a good fighter. And it it, it kind of adds to the, the other point of. Of the drug testing, the drug thing is—he, I really don't think he needs to be doing anything. He just sounds so naturally. His body is a perfect shape for the division. He's—he's he's got a natural ability to fight. Like he—he he wasn't even a wrestler in college, but he's like out wrestling Daniel Cormier, who's like Olympic captain, and, and he's just a ridiculous athlete and doesn't need doesn't need to be doing any of these things he's allegedly done. So you have that much more like ability and fight IQ. Just, like yeah, I talked about it before. He goes into these fights against, like for example, okay, Chael Sonnen's a lot smaller than him, but he goes in against Chael Sonnen and wrestles him and he goes in against Cormier and tries to wrestle him in the first fight and he tries to beat guys at their own game. Uh, he's that good. But I think in this fight, Jones was out to just prove that he was a better fighter than Gustafsson and showed people up who were who were talking saying he should have lost that that original fight five years ago mm-hmm. and uh, yeah I, th- I think Gustafsson just missed missed the chance to beat John Jones that was th- that day was the day to beat him and he, he didn't quite have enough yeah like the biggest the biggest thing with John Jones as well is like you know you talk about that you talk about him him changing up and and you know beating everyone at their own game we kind of forgotten that a little bit because he hasn't really fought that much recently but that's you know that's what he did again to Alexander Gustafsson and like I tweeted yesterday. I think Gustafson is the only light heavyweight in the world that can actually beat John Jones if 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 he fights his best. You know, if if they both fight their best, <clears throat> and obviously that was that was proven incorrect last night. But the, the problem, the fucking problem when you're fighting John Jones is for anyone. Imagine how frustrating it must be. You can devise a game plan to beat John Jones. You can devise a game plan. You've you've even fought him before, and nobody's like, and he can come out and he can fight completely differently. Like. It's. I was thinking about it last night watching a press conference. If I was there, like the, the question I would have asked him was, that in MMA, it's very difficult 
to actually fight defensive. We, we, you know, we've spoken about this before. Very few lads have actually done it. Dominic Cruz being kind of the the best example, and he's kind of a, he's defensive, but he's offensive as well. But John Jones last night, he basically won that fight with defense. Like he he basically won the whole fight. And like uh, Kevin Ioli asked a question about Floyd Mayweather, and for once, Kevin Ioli didn't ask a stupid question after what he, he's done this <laughs> week. Oh, Shots fired. Oh no, but Kevin Ioli. God almighty This week has been Respect we'll, your elders Sean Yeah we'll get to that I mean, An absolute <laughs> An absolute And utter joke And I usually don't say Anything bad about You know In my media mm-hmm. I, know, I know what they understand, What they're doing Publicly like. anyway Yeah publicly But he was <laughs> Oh god He was so horrendous But we, we'll get to the Drug testing and stuff uh, Shortly but Like he, he said He was like Fly Mayweather And he kind of He kind of was You know he, he he just took that. He took the absolute fight away from him. And the, the biggest problem as well for Alexander Gustafsson and the biggest issue and what separates Jones <coughs> sorry, from, from everyone else. Jones, in the middle of the first fight, two or three times was able to change up his game plan. When Gustafsson pushed him back, he took a step outside uh, of the lint so Gustafsson couldn't get to him. He circled away. You know, he went in underneath for takedowns. He did, he did lots of different things. Gustafsson really couldn't change up his game plan against Jones and this. Like, Gustafsson could have... you know what Gustafsson probably should have done? He probably should have stopped chasing Jones. He probably should have just gone straight backwards and said, come to me. I, I refuse to, to fight you like this anymore. He spent two rounds running after him. He couldn't get to him. He probably should have said, look, I've, that's enough now. I'm going to pull back and try to get Jones uh, to, to come on to me and I'll try to counter him, try to hit him with a, a few big shots. That's prob- what probably should have happened. That's probably what John Jones would have done. You know, so it's... It's 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 a very interesting. This you know we talk about Alexander Gustafsson and how good he is. I think he's a really really good fighter. Jones said it, that they'll probably fight again. I don't know about that, but he's and he said he you know he beat most of the guys in uh, in the light heavyweight division. I think he probably does. And Jones just just absolutely just destroyed him last night. Like it was it was he made it look really really easy. He really did, and it was a you know it was a fantastic. Display. And I, I think were well, you more impressed with that yeah. display or the, the Daniel Cormier the last Daniel Cormier display from John Jones? Um, I don't know. I'd have to go back and watch the Daniel Cormier fight all over again. I, I think. Oh, I, I think the Cormier one because because uh, Jones just landing strikes and Cormier just kept walking through them, but Jones wasn't wasn't flustered by it at all, and and the head kick was obviously beautiful as well. Like and uh, both are really good performances, and these are like really top top guys. Like Cormier, obviously two way champion. Because uh, Sapson in any other era would have been would have been a champion would have been a champion in the UFC and. You never know. He still might be looking unlikely now, but he's one of the high, the highest quality guys to not have the belt in the UFC. Yeah. So the, the, these guys are really good, and Jones just walks through them like he walks through like like he when he was up, coming up through and the ranks. He he made everything look easy, and then he fought Shogun on short notice, and everybody was like, "Oh, is it too soon?" And he just went in there and destroyed him from from the first bell till the end, and Shogun basically gave up. And Jones has been doing this for years, and he, he, people forget maybe because of all the outside thing got outside things going on and people don't like him or just people forget about his, his fighting ability but he is so so good and without all this drug without all these drugs uh, testing results and all this stuff surrounding his career he'd probably be widely considered the, the, the best fighter ever mm-hmm. the, the the problem with the whole Gustafsson versus Carmier thing is I think Carmier is obviously a better fighter than Gustafsson Gustafsson's been really good but I just think Gustafsson's a way tougher matchup for, for John Jones I think there's a way that Gustafsson could possibly beat John Jones and you know maybe there isn't after last night but I think you know analysing that fight if, if Gustafsson does exactly what he needs to do I think he can beat John Jones I don't think Carmier beats John Jones ever to, to be honest nah, he can like, you can have a bad yeah, day yeah well if, if you knock someone out or something but Dan yeah. Jones doesn't have knockouts but like 
you know, 90, 95 times out of 100, I don't think Daniel Cormier is beating John Jones. Like, I just I just think he's he's way better. I think it's it's probably fucking, you know, 85 times out of 100 for Gustafson, in my opinion. But, I, I you know, I could be wrong on that as well. John Jones is just, he's just so good. Like, last night as well, one last thing before we get to kind of the drugs and stuff and the other fights. A big thing coming into, uh, you know, this fight and after the last fight, John Jones was throwing, like, straight leg kicks all the time. Uh, and I like anyone watching that fight could see how Gustafson countered him, but he did a really smart thing last night. Every time he kind of threw, uh, he threw his you know his teeps up the middle, and he threw his uh, oblique kicks and front leg side kicks and whatever. But when he was throwing the kind of the straight leg kicks, he took like a step outside of you know let's say they're straight on, and if he wants to throw with his right foot, he takes a step to the left and then throws with his right. So you that you know, a lot of people talked about that leg kick that hurt Alexander Gustafson. It was like a kind of a volley. You know, he hit him right on the shin. And he did that because when you let's think about it, if you're standing right in front of a guy and you kick him straight uh, to the side of his leg, you're obviously going to be standing right in the middle and you're going to be open for that guy to just eat the leg kick and come in over the top and hit you with the right hand. But if you've stepped outside and you're kind of to the left when you're throwing it, and you throw it as a volley, you're out of there. You, he has to stretch an awful lot to try to even hit you, and he couldn't hit John Jones. He just couldn't counter it. Like, John Jones took everything away from him. He took that ability to counter his leg kicks away from him. He took the distance away from him. He didn't let him have m- much boxing at all. He took the lint away from him. He took his jab away from him. John Jones's jab looked good. There wasn't much jab, and there wasn't much boxing in the fight because he didn't let let it get into that area much. But when, when he did, John, John Jones's his jab looked good he just took absolutely everything away from him it was just an absolutely phenomenal display and i suppose it brings us to the, the next part of our discussion uh is it tainted like for you I, we haven't actually talked about this yet but i've, I've lots of thoughts on this do you do you think it's it's purely tainted by what's happened this week yeah well this whole whole career is tainted by all of this like one time maybe you can say oh maybe something went wrong he took a supplement that he thought was something else or you know, something like that, but it's, it's very unlikely that something like this happens over and over again, like, and just the plausible deniability is gone, and even, even like, John Jones offenders are, are few and far between now. Um, Kevin Ioli's still there. It's just a mess, like, to be this, to be, have such a successful fighting career, but, like, all the things outside of the, the, the fights, like, driving drunk or whatever it is, Stuff like that, like I don't really even care about too much as terms of legacy as a fighter. I don't care at all. But uh, all this drug testing stuff and is, is it definitely definitely taints everything. Yeah, there's there's a problem here for me, kind of because over the last while, I I just don't really care about drug testing anymore. I've absolutely I just you said are for me are gone. Like they've lost every bit of credence they ever had. They're just they're they're a joke to me you now. So that's that's one issue you start beforehand. But you you have to talk about this in in terms of the rules which we have in MMA today. Uh, and I think this John Jones thing was an absolute an absolute joke. The amount of spin we got from the UFC and from Jeff Nowitzki this week was was horrendous. And you know if people haven't been keeping up with it, however, let me let me try to explain. Right. So last week uh, the UFC received um, a word from USADA that John Jones had failed a drugs test. For what they called a long-term or oral terinabol metabolite, so this was the drug obviously that John Jones had in his system according to them 18 months ago, and it wasn't a new ingestion. So it's basically you can't ban John Jones again because it's double jeopardy uh, if you do. 
the pro- big problem with that is all the science backing that up. Now, what I'm saying backing that up, I'm talking about uh, Jeff Nowitzki explained it in Joe Rogan podcast. There's three types of, or maybe four, I think, uh, of metabolites. Or no, there, there's four types of drugs you can have from oral trinibol. You can have like the parent drug, which is, you know, you took it 10 minutes ago and um you uh you know you test for it and that's the, the parent drug you see oral turnabal in your system then there's the short-term metabolites long-term metabolites and medium-term metabolites so that that's what they have at the moment that's what, what they're using and jones was found with the long-term metabolites in his system the problem with that is the d scientific backing for that is done in one single test one one Rabchenko, the the russian guy from the documentary icarus he took turnabal him's oral turnabal himself uh, and did these tests and found this right it has never been repeated by anyone else it can't be repeated by anyone else because turinabol is illegal everywhere else so this is all we're going on we're going on one scientific test to prove john jones is innocent rather than john jones actually just having a drug in his system and or as well oral turinabol in the wada code for usada it's not one of these things where you know like like marijuana you can have you know whatever 10 milliliters of marijuana, I don't know what it is, of marijuana in your system, and if you have, you know, 15, you're, you fail or whatever, it's not one of those things where there's a certain level, if you have it in your system, you failed, and that's it, John Jones failed three or four different tests for it in the last couple of months, but they called it what he had in his system beforehand, which is, which is obviously a big problem, because, okay, if, if this test is proven, if this has done, you know, if, if it's been done a hundred times, this, this experiment about oral turinabol being having long-term metabolites, having medium-term metabolites, and having short-term metabolites, okay, I think, fair enough, you know, you could understand it, I'd buy this excuse, but when it's one single experiment, I cannot buy that, and especially from someone like John Jones, let's say, let's say, um, who's squeaky clean, uh, Daniel Cormier, let's say Daniel Cormier failed the test 18 months ago, and this happened for him, and this popped up again, you could kind of buy this, you know, you could buy it, which, John Jones doesn't deserve that, that, uh, allowances, he, uh, those allowances, he, he really doesn't, like, he's failed multiple times now, you know, he's talking last night about, you know, God knows the truth, and everything. like, this is not this is not his first failure like this is not just this Turinabal failure he also failed and he got banned for a year for for what he called dick pills how can you trust john jones right now and a a, a lot of the the defense for john jones as well is that uh how could you be this stupid to take it right now (laughs) like that might be the most idiotic fucking argument ever like i I was listening to what um uh, wrestling observer obviously again brian ever was making the point like everyone who got caught before you said it come in came in was as stupid as John Jones in that case. Like, cause it, it's an it was IQ basically it was an IQ test in, and that's what John Jones is basically failing now. So, like, well, what's your whole take on the situation? I thought it was just idiotic altogether. Yeah, well, it was the, they used it in the commission court. Like, oh well, he wouldn't do something so stupid. Like, exactly. look at his track record, and everybody's like, well, look at his track record. He's done loads of stupid things. And Levitsky said that as well. Yeah, so I don't know. It's it's a mess. Like. Uh, he shouldn't have been allowed to fight, uh, but MMA, it is what it is. Yeah. As Max Holloway would say. He would, in fairness. But, like, the problem with this is then, like, it, it, when Jeff Nowitzki kind of came in here, and Jeff Nowitzki as well, if people don't know, Jeff Nowitzki is an employee of the UFC now. He he was never with USAD. He, he used to work catching kind of guys before, obviously going after Lance Armstrong and stuff. He used to work for, for the FBI and different things, but... 
he's a UFC employee now, so like they, it's weird that he he said that in the Joe Rogan podcast, but it kind of feels like people believe he's with USADA and believe he is like an independent guy, and what he says is actual, you know, fact and stuff. And listen to that Joe Rogan podcast, you could clearly, clearly see if you if you went into that with an open mind, you could clearly see that he was spinning everything he could for for the UFC and for and for you know USADA and for John Jones, like because he gave. He gave that whole speech about the long-term and short-term metabolites and this could not be a new ingestion because of those long-term metabolites. And then he just went away, didn't say much. And then later on, he, he Joe Rogan kind of asked him about um, Rabchinko and the fact that this was only one test, only one single test. Imagine that, like, like I don't know if people understand, but, you know, um, medicines and, and different tests and stuff, they have to go through hundreds of tests and be reciprocated over and over and over and, you know, be peer-reviewed and go through everything for them to be actually, actually legitimate things. Like, the problem with drug testing, I think Luke Thomas has done great work on this over the last few years, is you just, a lot of these things you just can't do tests on and there isn't tests for. And what they have is very, very kind of weak science. You know, it's paper-thin science a lot of yeah. this stuff has. Like, and I'm not, and this is not just wholly negative for John John. John he had it in his system you know maybe this maybe this test in the first place shouldn't have been actually administered at all like if this is the only scientific uh administration uh scientific uh, experiment we have for trinobal maybe john jones should not have even failed in the fucking first place because we don't know anything about it yeah that, that's is it better is it here. better that people who are cheating get off or people who are innocent get labeled cheaters i think it's better if the innocent people get off if the science is too shaky or if the if the, the supposed experts can't agree on what's what. that's you See, that's the kind of the big problem here we have, isn't it? Because that's kind of the whole debate about whether we should have USADA or whether we shouldn't have USADA. And I think it's turned, like, that. that's exactly the point. Because like, looking at Tom Lawler, I think most people think that Tom Lawler, you know, they talk about picograms and everything, and I think he's 60 picograms of Austrian, the substance which, is, which has been proven to have been found in meat in Mexico and, and China and different things. If anyone knows Tom Lawler, you know, he, he does a lot of pro wrestling as well, and I'm sure he was traveling around lots of places. What kind of meat was he eating? Like, I'm sure you can easily kind of explain yeah, what that. Pro, what do pro wrestlers do, are known to do, though, as well? That's true. We, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's fair enough. Like, he might have been on... He might have been on uh, drugs. Fair enough, but I think you can you can explain that more. Well, didn't Stefan Bonner get caught for steroids? And he was like, "Yeah, well, I like I thought I was finished and I was going to be a wrestler." So <laughs> yeah, he did. He didn't. Like, the, the He's like, "Of course." So, what do you expect? The problem with John Jones is right. You can explain Austrian. You can spl- explain how you can find that in your system. How can you explain like an East German drug from the, from the early nineties? That that's the weird thing with John Jones. Like you know, whether you're whether you think, and I I'm not sure if this test should he should have even failed the first time because this test is. So, such a joke my big problem here is with the experiment and with you know turinabal testing in general I, it's not so much you know with with what has actually happened it's with you know why it's happening and how it's happening like the, the problem is then right he there should probably for turinabal there should probably only be if it's in your body that should probably be the only test and in fact for in use in the wada code it is there as i mentioned earlier there's no level probably should only be because you know it's in your body and that's a test failure now the whole double jeopardy thing and all comes in then after it like that's the big issue with john jones like uh, as i said if it's austrian or something else like that you can understand you comes and meet that that's maybe where it came from is these tiny little picograms but where are the tiny little picograms 
a fucking an East German drug from the eighties and nineties come. Like that's the issue here. Where did that come from? Like it, that this is not something who get, that's getting mi- you know Joe Rogan talking about getting mixed up with protein and put into uh, cocaine and stuff. That's that's bullshit. Like who's fucking mixing this really expensive Turinabal that you can hardly get anywhere that almost nobody yeah, ever hard uses. to get though. Who knows? Apparently it is. Like that's that's the thing. Like who's mixing fucking Turinabal with their protein? Like that. This is this is absolutely ridiculous. Like. I think I I just like I saw somebody say that it, like it's a thing that kind of holds strength and muscle while you cut weight. It can be used for that, and yeah. I don't know how how true that is. But people were talking about that, and it's a lot of speculation about what 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 these drugs do. But either way, they're not supposed to be in your body, so mm-hmm. you shouldn't you shouldn't really be be fighting if the if the if the test is being taken if they're, if they're giving this test to the fighters, then the test should they shouldn't be given the test the test to the fighters if it's not a good test so um you have to assume you'd hope anyway that the test is is legit if they're giving it if they're giving it to people and then if you fail for a legit test you shouldn't be able to fight yeah that's see that's that's the big issue we have it's it's not the t- test so much as the, the whole long-term and short-term metabolites and you know it's, it's obviously going to be issue like for john jones you know you talked about that his his legacy is not what it what it probably should be uh and it you know it definitely isn't but like what what can you do for John if you are John Jones and he you know he he said it last night that he all he can do is keep winning and keep being great and everything and you know he sounded he sounded great when he was saying that but there's always going to be that asterisk always you know always always and there has to be and there rightly is uh, he probably should have got banned for more like people forget as well and one thing I found very odd you know California in, in those hearings had said oh we'll we'll ban John Jones for as long as you sat give remember the original hearing they said that we we yeah. you know. Why didn't they ban John Jones for four years then? Because that's what USADA banned him for. They, they well, because him... he cut a deal, didn't he? Yeah, but who did he cut a deal with? He cut a deal with USADA. He didn't cut a deal with California at all. And another yeah. big issue here is when John Jones went to the California a couple of weeks ago uh, to get his license uh, and, you know, to get the kind of the final hearing, they never mentioned that. You know, the U- UFC never mentioned it. Ariel tweeted it out uh, that it was kind of, you know, Jeff Nowitzki kind of explained it away as they were still going through the, the process and everything like that. You you know, USADA didn't come in and mention it to California before he was licensing him, which is another, t- you know, more red flag. Obviously, also, VADA came in uh, during the week. Uh, California asked John Jones to to uh, enter in VADA for them to test him. Didn't USADA stop testing him over the last couple of weeks? I think they tested him on fight night as well. Uh, and you know that's kind of another red flag coming up here. John Jones saying this uh, Turinabal could stay in his system for seven years. Another red flag coming up here. Like if if you're someone like a you know a Tom Lawler, I know he's not in the UFC anymore, but a Tim Means or something like that. Why would you not just keep taking these drugs all the time and say, oh, this was the drug from from five years ago? I look, I've only small little bits of it in my system. You know, would that not be a fair defense? Like for the, for well, you wouldn't get the same issue. treatment as somebody like John Jones. Of course, who, that's the issue. Yeah. Well, that's just the way the world works. Yeah. In in every in every business in every yeah. sports, league. like yeah, you know, if you're if you're high profile, then you can make money for people, and you don't get the same harsh punishment. You, you get a fake ban instead of a real four year ban, like a normal a normal undercard fighter would have got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look, these things happen. MMS wasn't you know USADA UFC more so even than John Jones have lost credibility I think I think like they should just get rid of USADA at this stage if it's going to be like this it's going to be going this way I think they should just get rid of it and you know they're talking about more testing and everything I think it's completely wrong I think it's lost all credibility and just it's 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 finished it really is for me it's finished alright let, let, sure, let's move on anyway to the cut event here and obviously you know what 
what a display from from Amanda Nunes. You know, coming into this, I was you know talking about this being the greatest uh, female MMA fight of all time, the biggest um, matchup between the two best, arguably of all time. And who would win it? Like it was, it was very difficult to predict who would actually win this fight because they'd never really fought anyone as good as the other person before. But Amanda Nunes just went in there and she just marked Chris Eimer really, didn't she? It was what did you think? It was just unbelievable, wasn't it? Yeah, it was just real good accuracy with her punches, uh, straighter punches than Cyborg, faster, faster punches. Uh, just ran through her. Uh, she's a, she's a quick starter, and Cyborg is always a quick starter as well. Had been trying a little bit more maybe to to pace herself in the past, but seemed when she got hit by a manager, she seemed to be like, all right, let's let's swing for it, and it didn't work out for her because she wasn't as fast and she wasn't as accurate. Mm-hmm. Like the big. The big thing I kind of thought about after this fight, you know, you t- you watch these fights in when when they're very sharp like this. What what is this like? I don't know. Let me look at it here. Uh, no, fifty one seconds. Fifty one seconds. Oh, really? like, yeah. When you when it, a fight goes that short, they're like kind of McGregor versus Aldo. There isn't really much you can kind of take for that. And obviously that's a little a very sh- you know lot shorter, just a one punch knockout. But for for this, like I, I was watching it and I was like. Why? Why did Amanda Nunes win this fight? Like they they both hit really hard. We know that they're both very accurate, both very fast. And obviously, Amanda Nunes was more accurate, and more fast, as you said there, which I'll get into more in a second. But like, and CRISPR, and CRISPR, one hundred percent. But I think the the reason Amanda Nunes won this is because the way she came to this position and the way Chris Cyborg came to this position. Like Chris Cyborg came to where she is by just destroying everybody. You know, you, you we talked about it last last week, and you know, you brought up that Gina Carano fight as being the kind of the one time she was kind of in trouble a little bit. How long ago was that? that? Was like fucking seven years yeah. ago or whatever. Like that—that's insane. Like she hasn't yeah. had a bit of trouble since that. Amanda Nunes. But she hasn't had. Of... She hasn't because of the, the lack of challenges. She hasn't really evolved at the same rate. I was kind of talking about it last week on the podcast. Mm-hmm. She 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 kind of plateaued a bit. Like her her striking has just been so much better than everybody else's that she's been fighting that she didn't need to make it any better. Um, maybe since the Joanna Bears kickboxing match. Um, she just kind of after that she made improvements, but then she kind of stagnated a bit com- compared to uh, compared to Amanda Nunes anyway, who's been getting a lot be- getting a lot better over the years. That that Cyborg hasn't and has been fighting much tougher opponents and kind of harder matchups and has been fighting over five rounds and has has more cage time. Yeah, I, I agree with that, but I don't agree that Cyborg has plateaued. I think there's been improvements on it there. I think she's gotten a lot I mean, better. slight improvements, but she isn't She isn't improving like Amanda Nunes is. Well, yeah, but she was already good. That's the kind of the problem. I, I, like, I, I think last night it didn't come down... It didn't come... I don't think last night... It did come down to skill a lot, but it. I think it more came down to that... Knowing what to do there. You know, being in that fucking war. Like... <laughs> It's that's invaluable. It really is. You know, a lot of those guys from from shooter boxing and stuff years ago when they got into those wars, you know, they could survive and they could come through them and, and beat them uh, and beat guys in those wars. You know, we see guys doing it. You know, now we you know we see guys doing it all the time, like Nathaniel Wood coming through that war in cage yeah. wars. Like that'll set him up for the rest of his life. He looks so much more confident after things like that when you come through things like that. Like Cyborg has just never had to come through that. Like, uh, you know, Amanda Nunes was destroyed by Katz and Gano over over three rounds. Like she was. She just took her down and beat her up. You know, she got into hard fights with Valentina Shevchenko. Even you know, even fights where she had to, she had to go hell for leather with Valentina Shevchenko. And Cyborg just never had that. When someone comes at Cyborg as good as she is, like a lot of people think Valentina Shevchenko beat Amanda Nunes. In, you know, in in both of those fights, and especially the second one, like Cyborg has never really had that. And I think that really stood to Amanda Nunes. But uh, as you said, I think Nunes won this fight as well because 
of that speed, that accuracy, and she just wasn't afraid of her. Like she just went straight on hell for leather with Cyborg and, and beat her there. And like I tweeted before, and I think Amanda Nunes will win first first round KO. And I I thought that because of kind of why exactly she did win, and I, I found this a very hard fight to actually you know to, to predict or to, to break down just because they've never fought anyone like themselves before but amanda nunez is the real deal like we i think people underestimate how good amanda nunez is like before she was the champion you could see her improving you could see it before your very eyes how good she was how crisp she was how hard she hits like a lot of people you know we've maybe discounted how good the likes of misha tate and ronda rousey were they're, they're still you know, they were still good fighters. You know, make no mistake about that. And she fucking murked them. Like, Misha Tate... Oh, yeah, very good fighter. People, for, once you lose a couple in a row, like, devastating, like, you know, like Ronda Rousey especially, people forget about all the, the really good things you did and how dominant you were. People forget really quickly and maybe people who joined the sport who start watching the sport later only have only seen you when you've been past it and they never, they never saw you when you were... Like, people watching BJ Penn now probably think, oh, this guy... There's no excitement, or, or they know nothing about him, and they're not like they're just like, oh, who is this guy, or oh, this is a guy who looked terrible in his last fight, or you know, it's it, things change really quickly, and people have very short memories, and people don't people don't look back at the history of the sport, like, kind of like maybe they used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it. Uh, Manon is a different one to pinpoint as well because you know, for a lot of time, we I think we all call kind of Ronda Rousey that the high scracy of women's MMA and stuff, and maybe she was you know maybe a, a chocolate L or a Tito Ortiz in a different sort of, of way, you know, from from the era. It's hard to know what era Amanda Nunes actually is because she's really really good. Like she's, I I don't think it'd be fair to call Amanda Nunes someone like you know, a, a, someone like a chocolate L or a Tito Ortiz sort of quality. I think she's better than that. I think she's. You know, I think she's she's further along than, than those kind of guys were. I think she's really, really great, like, and has been really great for a while. And, you know, you, we talk in a women's MMA a lot about, you know, greatness and stuff. And, you know, we called Ronda Rousey great, and I think at her time she definitely was great. But, obviously, when she kind of stepped up when women's MMA improved, you know, she was kind of shown up for not improving with it. But Amanda Nunes beat her, and she beat Shevchenko, who's really, really good, and she beat Misha Tate. And she beat Chris Cyborg now. Like, this is undeniable how good she is. She is unbelievable. She's beaten every... Like, she she beat Chris Cyborg, Ronda Rousey, and Misha Tate all in the first round. Like, that's insane. Think about that. Like, imagine someone beating the, probably the three greatest... Well, up there with three of probably the top six or seven greatest men of all time in a round. That's what Amanda Nunes has done. That is unbelievable how she did, and like yeah. people forget as well. How, how why do you think it is that it's not? Do you think it's a, a women thing, or do you think it's a, that the the quality of the of the technique people think it isn't there? What do you mean? What like do you think it's like people just like don't consider it as as, as big an achievement because she's a woman, or do you think it's be, it's because the the quality of the opponents isn't quite up to like what maybe like Demetrius Johnson or John Jones or these people are are beating. I don't know because she's beaten the quality of opponents. Like I think, but the, the quality of the quality of, of opponents isn't really there. And a lot of the, like uh, maybe at the top of the women's divisions or a couple of the women's divisions there is, but a lot of it's not there. So like John Jones has a run where he beats, like you know, even like okay, Stephen Bonner and people like that maybe uh, aren't exactly big wins, but their names that they that they beat comprehensively and early on in their UC career got people excited and people following them. I, I think I, I when, think some, when you're beating some no some some girl nobody's ever heard of except mm-hmm. for hardcore fans, it's hard for maybe it's harder for 
people to get behind or maybe maybe it's just because people think oh it's a girl it's just not the same i i just think it's the same thing that's the problem with all ufc fighters or not named kind of conor mcgregor john jones or ronda rousey she's just she's not a star i don't think maybe she can become a star now you know she's after beating all of these really good people and you know she's on been on a couple of million plus uh pay-per-views as well so you know and i know that's kind of down to injuries and who are on the card and stuff with her i suppose but yeah you know she's Do you feel like people got behind ronda rousey as kind of historic and once in a lifetime and all this maybe they stuff. will so maybe, maybe they it's will. a maybe it's a a looks thing maybe it's if she was considered like media media pretty or she'd be on more shows or do you think do you think that she'd be on yeah. ellen degeneres or whatever conan or whatever ronda rousey was on mm-hmm. she just like she seems very ordinary when she shouldn't be like you know like, jeremy butter i think did did a good article about it you know she's you know, she, <laughs> jeremy butter did a good article <laughs> yeah, exactly, i don't believe yeah, it yeah, that's a kind of an oxymoron there isn't it but like you know she's obviously she likes uh, you know representing the lgbt community and everything like that you know she's her girlfriend there with her in, in the in the cage last night like that's something that we can you know talk about that's something that you can you know the ufc can can use to as great pr like that's that's a hundred percent something they can use like that but i i don't know she just makes it all seem so normal like she just makes herself seem normal she just makes herself seem like this normal person who trains and fights and and wins like this is kind of this is what we wanted out of mma years ago like you know i remember kind of rich franklin was coming on tv saying i'm a maths teacher and i'm normal and you know i'm a really good fighter i'm the champion yeah. of the world and forrest griffin how I'm many times did dana white mention that he's a maths teacher exactly like, constantly but like, he was like the go-to <laughs> like these guys aren't barbarians rich frank is a maths teacher like i like, like, he she is like the 2018 version of that though isn't she but like, really? why are people like ellen degeneres are like having maybe they did have money and i missed it but i don't think so oh. well like it's, it's like you know you think the UFC could use their their connections from when Ronda Rousey and maybe not I don't know if anybody else is on Ellen but Conor McGregor being on Conan or or whatever the other show Jimmy Kimmel or whatever mm-hmm. like she's like as you say you can be like she's beaten Ronda Rousey she's beaten Chris Cyborg she's beaten she's the two, first women's dual weight champion in UFC history like you know there's a she's she's openly gay you know there's a really good story there but i don't know why maybe it will happen now but i i, I don't know why it didn't happen after the ronda rousey uh, i think you you always give the answer to this question as in uh, as if you have to kind of make it make it for yourself you know you always talk about mcgregor you know forcing yeah. you to interview i don't think yeah do, i think there's a lot that? of that but but like can she just like get onto ellen just she need, maybe she needs to yeah maybe she needs to go to the uc people just at dana white when she's talking to him Maybe she doesn't want she to. to be like, you know, maybe that, yeah, maybe that's she what makes want her great. Like, maybe you know, yeah. being concentrating on fighting, and that's why that's why I kind of say she seems very ordinary. Like, maybe she, she had offers and didn't bother. Yeah, she yeah. was like, no, I'm going to concentrate on training. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe that's it. Yeah. Maybe she doesn't. She doesn't. She's not too bothered about trying to make more money on pay per views or whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's it. Or maybe, maybe she, maybe she does, and maybe they're just not doing it or whatever. We, you know, we don't like. The UFC yeah. do it for very few people as well, unless you've kind of yeah. you've you kind of show them that you're if they give you the ball, you're gonna you're gonna make something of it. Mm-hmm. Unless you've kind of made it for yourself, like you know, we the likes of McGregor, are like John Jones is kind of you, you can't both push John Jones the way he did. Like even like no, like Demetrius Johnson, how the fuck did they not push him for for so many years? Like, and it's not that they they didn't push him; it's like that they should have just made him a star effort effortlessly. Like you know, he loved the gaming community and all. All you could have to do was fucking tweet out these games that he plays every day and he doesn't have to do anything like you know that that's absolutely there's huge things there but like they did drop the ball in these things all the time you know they pushed the likes of sage and arcot and then they, they get rid of him and you know page van zandt and stuff like this because you know we know we know why like but it's 
it's weird. The UFC just don't really seem to have an idea how to actually push these people, and I think that's the that's the biggest uh, that's the biggest problem. Like it's it's grand, you know, it's grand to push people when Conor O'Brien wants Ronda Rousey or when he wants Conor McGregor. That's oh yeah, that's that's grand. But like, can they actually get them on the show? I know they got uh, Daniel Cormier on Conor O'Brien, but like, who else has actually been on? Like, you know, <laughs> is TJ Dillashaw going to be on it next month when he's fighting Henry Zuda? Probably not. Like, let's be honest with this. So. That's a that's a big issue as well. But like Conan should be a little bit easier to get on because he owns a small percentage of the UFC and suppose, it's yeah. kinda this is just, they definitely have contacts there. Mm-hmm. I suppose. Um what what about what about this fighter? Do you think this is an automatic rematch here for Chris Cyborg? Do you think she's done enough to get it? Yeah, uh she, I think she wanna take a little bit of a break now after that. Uh depends mm-hmm. what Amanda Nunes want. Amanda Nunes didn't take much damage. If she wants to get another fight in, she 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 should. Uh, I think for Cyborg's next fight, it probably makes sense, but I don't know if that will be straight away or if Cyborg will will want to go back and work on things and rest her brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I think it's the best thing that could happen for women's MMA, this this result and a, and a rematch as well. Because I was talking to the lads on, on Submission Radio and they were kind of asking me that question, what, what would be the kind of the best outcome for both divisions? I think Amanda Nunes has beaten enough people in, in 135 that they need to kind of someone needs to kind of emerge. I think Ketlin Vieira is probably someone who's going to kind of emerge there. She needs to go in and maybe beat a few people and then, you know, next year, uh, after the, the Cyborg Nunes fight, have a, uh, you know, fight her then or, or whenever, you know, this time next year or, or in 18 months or whatever. In in 145, you know, we had Tough there coming through. We need to, if they want to actually build this division, we need to get six or seven fights going here in the, in the next six months of, of next year and build, you know, build a contender. You know, have someone win three or four fights uh, and this time next Megan year. Anderson. Well, Maybe you know she she beat Katzengano with a devastating tour to the eye last night, but uh, you know we we that's what we kind of need. Like if if you know Cyborg and Nunes fought twice next year, I think it'd be actually great for both divisions. It normally isn't like normally we're talking about holding up the divisions and everything. There really isn't divisions to be held up there at the moment because we've had you know obviously one dominant champion at one thirty five and one non-division at 145. So I think that's definitely the best thing they could do. And, uh, you know, Chris Ibar definitely deserves the rematch. How, how long has she been? Like, fucking 10 years or 12 years unbeaten or whatever. Uh, she definitely deserves a rematch. If anyone in the world deserves a rematch, it's definitely Chris Ibar. And I think she'll probably try to come in differently in, in the in the rematch. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, I, I think it should definitely happen. But look, fair play at that man. Unless Chris Ibar will take absolutely nothing away from her. She was a phenomenal, phenomenal fighter for years and years and, and still is. And that's why, you know, the, the rematch could be a lot different. But, uh, I suppose we'll we'll have to wait and see on that one. All right, let's move on to to some of the other fights on this card. Um, Michael Giesa, Carlos Condit. Mm. Like you're coming into this card and you're thinking BJ Penn is going to look like the oldest and you know the oldest guy in this uh, card, and it actually kind of turned out like Carlos Condit. I know BJ Penn had maybe an easier matchup and stuff, but I know Condit always gets taken down and everything. But he just look he look. He looked meek, like he looked weak here. He looked like there was nothing he could do. He, he went for an armbar a couple of times, all right, but Michael Keza got off of that pretty pretty quickly. And when someone yeah, a couple like, of leg lock attempts, but mm-hmm. like nothing really there. Yeah, when, like Keza trying to create a scramble and get up, I think. Yeah, Keza is a good fighter, like, but he should be nowhere near the level of going up a weight and fighting Carlos Condit. Like Carlos Condit back in his day would absolutely murk a guy like Michael Keza. It'd be just an easy fight for him, but not anymore. He's He's just not the fighter he was. He's just, and I, you know, it's sad to see someone like Carlos Condit when he, you know, he was such an absolute demon. Like he was, a, people don't maybe realize how good Carlos Condit was because it's been, it's been a while now. It's been a bit like, and it's like it's sad to see fighters like that, you know, get to this part of their career and they just don't have it anymore. You know, BJ Penn, 
BJ Bin is almost you can almost understand it more with BJ Bin with Carlos Condit it's kind of hard to look at you know it's hard to look at with BJ Bin as well but Carlos Condit was it just feels like he's a shadow of himself and it's it, you know it's very sad obviously and you know fair play to Michael Gezza it's maybe yeah. taken away a little bit from him but yeah he is a shadow of his former yeah. self and as the commentators kind of touched on he, he or mentioned he, he basically the techniques that he was using off his back to create scrambles and to get submissions in the past don't work anymore on high level guys in, in MMA they, they made it work may have worked five years ago but they don't work now um, and and he doesn't have that he doesn't have that ability to, to pull the trigger like he used to or he just doesn't seem to have the same drive or the same killer instinct like natural born killer was was a pretty appropriate nickname for for a, a while like he had a kind of killer instinct when he when he saw an opening he'd, he'd go for it and he, when he had somebody hurt he'd he'd throw everything but now he now he's just getting taken down and trying to fish for stuff off his back that very low percentage submission attempts and uh, you know he he hasn't he's, he always had a, a problem with his takedown defense and guys are much even guys who don't wrestle in college or aren't wrestlers are much better at grappling and wrestling now and mm-hmm. can easily most people can easily get Carlos Condit down and nullify most of his game yeah, 100%. Uh, I think, you know, Corey Anderson, in the early TV, Corey Anderson for me. Yeah, fair play to him. Yeah, yeah he did very well. Like, what I've always been saying about Mark Henry, about him, you know, maybe not being the, the best. <laughs> you love Mark Henry. No, not, not being the best tactician in the world, but an absolutely phenomenal guy at teaching you the, the basics. And I, I think that's exactly what he's done, Corey Anderson. Like, I think Corey Anderson's a really smart guy. I think he's a good fighter. It's IQ a backhanded compliment. It's not, though. But, like, if, if you're a guy with, like who's really smart and great fighter, let's, let's say, like, Conor McGregor now, uh, you know, he's unbelievable fighter IQ, one of the smartest guys in the world when it comes to that. Like, if he went to, I think if he went to like someone like Mark Henry, I think he'd improve him an awful lot like because I, I i know conor mcgregor is very good for fundamentals and everything as well but you know what i mean like someone who's who's smart and can t- kind of think up their own game plan and i think that's perfect guy for mark henry and i think Corey anderson's actually he's not as good as mcgregor i'm not saying that or anything like but i think he's he's a smart guy intelligent enough guy and he came in and you know his jab looked better last night his jab looked more crisp and i know he's been with him for a while and stuff but he did really, really well against Ilir Latifi. And I think one good game plan, as I mentioned <laughs> the Patrick last night, I was talking about it, a good game plan against Ilir Latifi always is not to get fucking knocked out. <laughs> and if you don't get knocked out, you're, you're probably going to win that fight. And that's what happened. You know, he almost got knocked out a couple of times. And Ilir Latifi is, you know, he's no joke. You know, people maybe, he's a little bit of a meme and stuff in, in MMA Twitter. But he's a very good fighter as well. And it's a very good win for, for Corey Anderson. So fair play to him. Uh, what about your boy, Mini Mendez? Chad Mendez getting... Getting destroyed here by Alexander yeah. Volkanovsky in a phenomenal well, he had some, fight. He had some good moments early enough. So he dropped yeah. him as well uh, in the second, I think it was. But yeah, he, he exerted a bit too much energy there as well. It was it was a good performance from Volkanovsky, but Chad Mendes didn't look like I don't know. He didn't he didn't look like the old time. He looked tired. I think we've seen Chad Mendes tired a couple of times though. Like I think. That Aldo fight. Fight. Uh, Brazil, yeah, fight, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, well, that was that was pretty high pace, but he's gotten tired a couple of times, and I think there was a, like he had a flu one time, or there was a, there was some kind of a oh yeah uh, legitimate Cody, excuse uh, before Clay, Clay but Guida, we, I think, wasn't it or something like that? I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, maybe, I think it was that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think he won the fight quite, quite comprehensively, but then he came. It was kind of like he tired in the fight. That was and, yeah, um, so we've kind of seen him tired before, excluding the the twelve days notice against McGregor. Uh, but yeah, yeah. It was a really good performance from Volkanovski, but John Mendez, he didn't look the same. Mm-hmm. He hit, hit some really good takedowns in, in the middle of the cage, especially one close to the cage where he looked like he was going to get finished then and there, and he managed to hit a nice takedown. But guys, he wasn't able to hold the guys down like he used to be able to. Guys were scrambling up on him, and he's taken a lot of shots over the years as well. Doesn't seem to have the same 
<clears throat> same chin that he that he had before. His punches were always a bit loopy, a bit bit kind of hit and hope. Uh, he kind of added a bit of technique over his career, but he kind of went back to that. Once he was rocked, he kind of went back to the swinging for the fences and Volkanovski was just more technical and had more gas and deserved to win. And obviously, when you finish somebody like that, deserved to win. I think Mendez kind of, I don't know if he gave up a little bit, but he kind of just took a knee and just said he knew he was done. Yeah. It was kind of a, and I, this is a weird thing to say, it was a bit of a team alpha male loss, wasn't it? You know, it was kind of, you go out and you try your best, you try to knock this guy out or you try to guillotine him and finish him. But if it gets into a technique battle, you're probably always going to lose. Like I, I think that's, you know, that's Oof, that's always strong been, words from a strange man. <laughs> that has always been the issue with a team alpha male. Though. Why, why did um, you know, what, you know, that that's why TJ Dillashaw left now. And I suppose uh, you can you you can say I'm wrong by looking at um Cody Garbrandt beating um beating Dominic Cruz for that. But I think that's that's kind of the, like it looks like this. This looks like Chad Mendes in 2015 against what Chad Mendes should look like in 2018 against Volkanovski. Like they're very kind of similar fighters. I think Volkanovski yeah. is just better, as you said, more technical. Yeah. So, Two years know. out from Mendez with the drug test, <coughs> drug test failure <coughs> as well. Like it's a long time in MMA, and um, if if some of the small murmurings from the camp about him not training when he doesn't have a fight and just being out hunting and eating and having a good time, mm-hmm. it's fair play to him. But like enjoy enjoy your life, but. If you're if if during the two years you're staying staying stagnant, everybody else is improving. It's gonna, it's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. And he, look, he failed as you mentioned. He failed the drugs test as well. Maybe he's just off the drugs now, and he's not what, what he used to be, and can't keep going. And I think you know that's a fair thing to say about someone who's failed the drugs test and spent two years out from. And I know he had different explanations and whatever, but. I don't know my mind that either, but there you go anyway. Fuck cream or something, was it? Yeah, <laughs> I can't remember all the excuses are yeah. blending into one. Now. Uh, fair play to Alexander Volkanovsky. He cut a great promo afterwards as well. He said, Chad Mendes has only been beat by the greats and he's beaten by another great tonight. Alexander the Great. Absolutely loved it. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking promo. How, 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 many, how many months ago did you say he, he decided he was going to say that? I don't know. Probably about fucking six. <laughs> fair play. <laughs> but uh, yeah, look, he's really good as well. You know, after... You know, losses like this for big name guys like Chad Mendes, it tends to be only talk about Chad Mendes, but Volkanovski really, really good. Like I, I said feed Frank Edgar to him. I think that make that fight makes a yeah. lot of sense. But like he like you know, he got he got rocked himself, he got caught, he got taken down a few times, but he still just stayed tough. He didn't he didn't give up. He he kinda had a bit of adversity. Like, you know, Chad Mendes is obviously a really good guy, even if he's not the same as he as he used to be. Maybe it was Volkanovski making him look that way. Mm-hmm. Uh at least some of the partly anyway, so yeah, it's 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 a really good performance. Uh, he showed us a lot in that fight, and he got a dominant finish in the end. So yeah, it was a brilliant performance. Mm-hmm. Walt Harris Andrelovski was fucking terrible. Megan mm. Anderson versus uh, Katzingano. What did you think of that? The 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 thought of the eye? yeah. For a second, I was thinking. I was thinking. Oh, I hope this isn't like Mike Winkeljohn, where like a yeah, toenail. Just like, I was like, oh god, this is, this could be terrible. But mm. it seems like it's it's okay. So. Yeah. Yeah, there's not. No, I think Goddard did what you know what he could. He was like, you know, you need to kind of fight on in that situation. What what can you do? And and yeah, he, he stopped not, it yeah. very very quickly after that. So I think Goddard, Goddard did a good job. You know, no, you can't say anything about either fighter there. Really, you know, went what a minute, and she just kicked her and, and hit to the eye. So you know, that that that's that. Hopefully, they should probably make the rematch at this stage. I don't think uh, I don't think Anderson's getting the title shot straight away anyway. So so let's say that Peter Yanda. What about Peter Yanda? This guy is. Fucking unbelievable! He is. Yeah, the he real put deal. a pretty good pace on, as, uh, but I don't know. It's, it's like it was a good decision. The fight, like it was a good performance. It was a good decision by the corner to throw the, the towel in. Mm-hmm. He's just getting brutalized and seemed to seemed to look like he's kind of half broken. And he knew he, he knew himself that it was uh, 
it was only going one way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, I still like before I get too excited. As I kind of said last week on the podcast, I kind of wait before I get too excited these days mm-hmm. about fighters. I wait to see, see him fight somebody a, a bit better again, somebody who offers him more, like you know, a bit of adversity, like the Volkanovski yeah. fight, where he has to kind of come through some, you know. He, he has to come through like a cut or getting knocked down or getting taken down a couple of times. Mm-hmm. That's true. That is true in fairness. But like Yan just looks It was kind of the so same good. reason people didn't believe in McGregor, you know, back because they hadn't seen him on his back. Even though like guys have tried to take him down, he hadn't been there and they said, oh, if he gets taken down, he's going to be terrible. And there's always them questions. But and they were dead fucking right. More. Yeah, but there's a lot more There's a lot more questions around Peter Yan because of the he hasn't fought the level of competition that McGregor fought straight away and the other guys like John Jones fought straight away and there was there was more questions answered quickly so it was easier to get excited about them um, but obviously there's always questions like you know, for even the the best guys in the world like once you become the best in your division the, the question becomes oh what about the guy division ahead of you yeah. you know so there's always questions I don't care though I think Peter Yan's unreal like his striking just looks so crisp he goes straight forward he's good takedowns gets inside changes things up this guy, I just think he's he's absolutely phenomenal. I'm looking forward to seeing his next fight. But you, 100%, I agree. He needs to be tested. What about, um before we get to BJP and Ryan Hall, Nathaniel, what about Nathaniel Wood coming in here again, yeah. just taking guys down and beating him? What about Nathaniel Wood versus Peter Yan in London here? He's looking for a fight in, uh, in March. Two contenders. Be, uh, they're two kind of, kind of guys that they yeah, could let's have some keep fun. away from each other. But yeah, that would be great because Nathaniel Wood has improved from fight to fight as well. He's he's aggressive. He, he He's willing to, to trade. Uh, he seems well-rounded. Um yeah, I'd like to see that fight, but I don't think Sil- Joe Silva would have made that fight in the past, but these days, maybe that could happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and like I think the thing about Nathaniel Wood as well, and I mentioned it after his last fight, I think, as well, but, you know, when you're trained by Brad Pickett, and you know, lots of people talk about Brad Pickett improving his wrestling and all, 100%, when you're kind of trained by Brad Pickett, you're thinking of a guy who's going to go out and go hell for leather and, you know, take a few shots to, to give you a few shots, but Nathaniel Wood, is, he's like that a little bit, but he also has that wrestling. His wrestling is very good, jiu-jitsu as well. He submitted uh, Andre Yule here last night. And you know, just looked absolutely phenomenal. Another, you know, mm, yeah. But Yule's uh, jujitsu was, was nothing. It was, it was op- like I know Rogan and talked and Cruz. I think talked about it a lot, but they were right. Like the, he was just didn't offer anything on the ground. Just kind of stayed there, hoping the ref would stand it up. Very negative. Quick on very negative. No, but it's it's hey. like you know it's like it's hard to know if he has a really good jujitsu or if, yeah, that's true. That's well. You know, he he definitely confident and he definitely knows what he's doing on the ground, but. Uh, <laughs> Could be a different story as as he climbs up the ranks, but that's always interesting. It's always interesting to to watch these guys' careers, especially when you've watched them before they've got to the UFC. It kind of adds a bit of something to it. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Uriah Hall had a good third round KO as well against uh, Bevan Lewis. Yeah, he was uh, he was getting he was going to lose that fight. The, the Bevan was looking good, like he mm-hmm. he's kind of nearly beating Uriah Hall in his own game a little bit. Um, I, I, but, was, I was calling Uriah Hall. He was he's. I was saying he's a little bit like an Arsenal winger. You know, he's just so much potential and it never kind of comes across. And then what happens... Gio Walker. No, what happens <laughs> then? He, he turns into Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. That third round, he got his move to Liverpool. <laughs> Jurgen Klopp fucking rediscovered him and he turned into... Your boy, Jurgen Klopp. My boy, Jurgen Klopp. Yeah, but fair, fair play to you, Ryan, and a good finish. Uh, Curtis Melinder looked good again against uh, Sierra Bahud de Zala, who's always a tough matchup. Montel Jackson got a win as well. Always a tough name to say as well. Yeah, it always is. Uh, Ryan, Hall, <laughs> Ryan Hall, BJ Pind. Like VJ Finn didn't look that bad, did he? He looked okay. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't that sad. Like oh. once he hit the ground in the leg lock position, it was obviously going to be uh, all over, like pretty quick. Uh, uh, but VJ Penn, like he defended well at the start against the kind of attempts to drag him to the ground from from his back, from from guard, from from Ryan Hall, and he didn't take any damage on the feet 
I don't think BJ Penn didn't. So it wasn't that bad uh, compared to some of the other recent fights we've seen. BJ Penn, it wasn't as sad, mm-hmm. but it was really, really nice from Ryan Hall. Like you, you see a lot of people going for leg locks and heel hooks and stuff in MMA, but a lot of guys don't finish them, or if they do finish them, it's after it's it's after a good bit of. It's after it takes a good bit of time and a good bit of energy, but Ryan Hall just the second he had it, BJ Penn was tapping, and BJ Penn has never been tapped in, in MMA, so he's not an easy guy to tap. It just shows how high level that that half fifty fifty or leg lock game of Ryan Hall is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, like Ryan Hall is is different class. Like I, I think him versus Cran Grace, he makes a lot of sense next. You know, there's who who are they going to actually give him? A lot of guys are avoiding him. Like it's. He's just that one guy you don't want to fight. And, you know, a lot of people talk about Artem Lobov as well. Artem Lobov went three rounds on the ground with Ryan Hall and never got submitted. Like, you know, a lot of people take the piss about Artem and stuff, but fucking hell, for someone to do that, BJ Ping got, BJ Ping got submitted after like six seconds or whatever. So fair play to him. But yeah, look, BJ, BJ looked okay. Ryan Hall looked, you know, really good as well. Yeah, um, Ryan Hall been out for a couple of years as well. Yeah. So he looked, he looked good coming back in after a big layoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get to questions two quick things the, the John Jones finish as well I know a lot of lads over on Twitter and stuff asked about that I, I watched it back you know a lot of people saying there was uh, punches to the back of the head there was one punch to the back of the head from no. one angle they looked very bad there was one very bad pun- punch to the back of the head and Gustafson wasn't moving or anything he punched him straight in the back of the head but I don't think that's enough um, I think that the finish was already there and you know uh, when you're flurrying like that like you, it's yeah, different I think non-intentionally I, I 100% agree with that and as well you know now that we've kind of got through all the fights and stuff. This move from obviously it's kind of one thing we haven't spoken about. This move from Las Vegas to to LA on six days' notice. You know. Yeah, Jesus! If you were flying over to see this card, you'd be you were agent. Yeah, like, especially with Dana White saying that's grand. You can watch it in the bar. <laughs> yeah. And Dana White is all <laughs> talking about you ball prick. You know exactly. Yeah, and like Dana White is all talking about the fighters. You know they have to pay a lot more tax. And he's like, who's going to pay my tax? And I was like thinking. These fighters fucking pay your tax. These guys and and women gone in there fucking dropping blood and sweat and tears to fucking fight for you for twelve grand, putting eight weeks into it, and and they're the ones paying your taxes. They're the ones going out there making you this money. Like, come on, that was the most ridiculous fucking thing ever. Like, I, this was such a bad week for for everyone involved with MMA and the UFC. And I looked, it made the sport look so bad. Like, this moving a whole event because John Jones fails the drug test. John Jones coming out in talking, uh, you know, that, that female journalist from. Uh, from Sweden, I believe she's from, you know, asking a fairly good question, and John Jones just rubbishing her. I know he apologised last night, so fair play to him on that, and, you know, that a lot of people who are backing him up can maybe listen to that and hear what he actually said when he apologised. Yeah. So did, did he say it to other reporters as well, though? No, it was Apparently just similar. No, he Was just, it not a similar, he was similarly blunt about, about a similar question? Uh, Luke Thomas, I oh, saw well, people talking about that on... That was like, <laughs> that was like five years ago. Oh, that, that's what they were talking about. I just yeah. saw people saying, you uh, doing the same thing with Luke Thomas, where I thought it was around fight week. No, no, that was years ago. Well, he, he was on fight week for like the first Gustafson fight or something like that, or, you know, the first Carmia fight or something like that. Was, yeah, it was years ago. But look, he apologized anyway. Fair play to him. Fair play to standing up and doing that. But like, you know, you have to feel sorry for all the fighters. You know, Corey Anderson was talking about his wife is like seven months pregnant. So imagine the hassle of that moving up and, you know, yeah. during your weight cut and everything like that. Then you have to pay more money. Like the fan, a lot of fans are coming over from Sweden and stuff for, for this fight. I think only what I think hotels. Was, I think it was only three three thousand or something people who were actually going to the Vegas event actually went to the Las, Ve- uh, Las Angeles event. So that tells you, you know, most people missed out on it because they changed this event. Most people, you know, the majority. That that's insane. Like that, and you know, the UFC don't seem one bit repentant or anything. They don't seem to care about it or it's just. 
absolutely horrendous. Like it's it's been. I think it's been a bad year for for MMA, and we obviously we'll probably have a a, re, uh, a review of the of the year show next week and stuff when when our results go, or when our uh, awards come out and stuff. But you know, it's it's been it's kind of a, a sad way to end a sad, uh, a bad year, kind of. But look, these things happen in MMA, I suppose. They say. All right, let's get to the, <laughs> let's get to the questions. Um, sign up on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast, or just go to severe forward slash patreon and you can get us there it's like 420 a month or something and you'll be helping us out we'd really appreciate it so we can kind of keep the lights on here and buy ourselves a few pints uh, and stuff like that um, <laughs> bigger nicholson Augustuson on decline I thought he looked kind of bad tonight a lot slower and very gun shy there was no jab agree and where should he go next maybe heavyweight I, I just think John Jones took it away from got him class. Yeah, yeah he just got outclassed yeah. he tried to jab but like I, watching that fight and I, I said it earlier in the podcast I think the best option for him would to be back away and try to get Jones to come on to him like the jab was not working it just he couldn't do it he, he couldn't do it because he couldn't cut off the octagon it was more the hooks and the, the kind of the kicks around the corner to stop Jones getting off but John Jones is so long and he, he wasn't just he wasn't just circling kind of in the pocket he was circling from like two steps outside of the pocket backwards like he was ultra defensive and Gustafson just couldn't get anything off of him and that, that was the big issue I don't think he looked bad or anything heavyweight I, I think heavyweight would be a good move for Gustafson you know there, there's so many terrible guys up there he could beat <laughs> 99% of them Derek Lewis yeah exactly uh, uh, Kieran Stapleton is Ngannou the unluckiest fighter ever what's next for her retirement I think the re- she's definitely unlucky god almighty you know, her husband has died and she got terrible fucking fucked up her knee and now this as well very very unlucky 100% I think I think the rematch makes a lot of sense I, I think that's that's the one to do um, Sean Dini how tough is Cyborg she took four or five huge shots but kept fighting I feel this might go missing yeah that's that's true with as well she took a lot of big shots from Amanda Nunes and kind of kept yeah. coming she's fair tough isn't she yeah she popped straight back up a couple of times but she might have been better to, to go to her back and try to close guard maybe mm-hmm. give, give herself a breather from getting hit in the face but the accuracy of Amanda Nunes was, was just it was just unbelievable and yeah she showed a good chin but taking that many hard punches in a row is going to send anybody down Sean as well asked about uh, Nunes being the most under-promoted fighter of all time yeah we just spoke about that a few minutes ago what about, he asked as well about John Jones is there anything we can justify John Jones not being a st- stone cold cheat like is, it, is there any way you can justify this to yourself if you're a John Jones fan like, um, rather than just saying I don't care about BEDs which I think you know well, you can justify anything to yourself you can argue anything but like I consider like dodging a drug test or Cheating oh, Jose, Jose Aldogi, you're going back to Jose Aldogi. Yeah, or, yeah, or like you know, if why are you dodging a drug test if you're not to hide, or you know, uh, even like Daniel Cormier, like it's been forgotten about. People are trying to make it go away or something. It seems people never talk about it, but he like didn't do the weight cut and just lands on a towel and like the weight cut takes a lot out of people and it's really hard. It's, it's like Conor were talking, McGregor were talking about in the past of being the hardest part of the the fight camp is a weight cut, like and. Mm-hmm. You, if you cheat on that, like, don't actually make the weight, then that's huge. And if you put grease and Vaseline and oil all over your back for for years, that's cheating as well. So if you can justify those guys being, like, their legacies being untainted, then you can justify Jones as being untainted. But I don't agree with the argument. I'll just, yeah, I just don't want to talk about that. I'll just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> like, cheating is cheating, you know? I don't if know, you, is it, gonna say... It's not, right? You've got full bulk image here. Like, taking fucking no. an Eastern European drug is not the same as fucking leaning on the towel when the commissions would stop you, but they just let you go. Like, like if you're seven pounds over, like, that's... You, I like, wasn't what, what seven pounds you... over. When he went, when he weighed in the first time, was he not seven pounds no, he over? He was one point two over, and then he came back in. Then he uh, lint on the towel, and then he made weight. Yeah, so he didn't make weight though. Yeah, but he wasn't seven pounds yeah. over, like. 
whatever. He missed, he missed. Like. Yeah, he did. All right, fair enough. Um, William Dugdale, very good question. Is Nathaniel Wood showing the signs of continued growth that you would want to see in a developing talent? I was hugely impressed with his performance regardless of the booze. His striking looked awesome and he showed veteran savvy the to booze. finish it. Was there booze? Yeah, he, he said there was booze afterwards, yeah, because he kind of took the fight down and stuff. But a 100% agree with, with William here. He is showing those signs. And, you know, I've talked about it today already and I talked about it in past podcasts as well. He's shown those signs of improvement that you do need to be a well-rounded mixed martial artist to get to where he needs to get, isn't he? He's he looking really good, Nathaniel Wood. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see him now in the next... Uh, he talk, he's talking about getting on the London card, is he? Twi- yeah, March. Third, or what is it? Yeah. Middle of March. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be, it'll be uh, interesting to see who he gets and where on the card and they, they put him because... He's an exciting guy. You can already put together a good highlight package. Um, he's improving. He, he's able to talk. I think, I think it was about was his, before his last fight or after his last fight. He was on uh, the MMA or whatever, Hawani, when, when that was a thing. Um, and he was he, he was an interesting character. Like a lot of a lot of guys can't do interviews or aren't interesting. Or if they are interesting, they, they can't get it across in an interview. He seems to be able to. So if he keeps winning, then he, he has the potential to be a, one of the one of the bigger guys in the, the EMEA or the the UK cards and be high up in the cards and get a lot of attention on him. And if he can if he can keep being in exciting fights like he has been for most of his career, then you can see him being a guy kind of like a, a fan favorite, even like a Brad Pickett, who is his mentor. Mm-hmm, 100%. Uh, is there anyone left to challenge John Jones with Simon Doherty? Uh, if he goes up the heavyweight, does he beat everyone there too? I think I think he probably does. I think I'd like to see the steeper fight. I think that'd be a good fight, but I think Jones beats him. Mm. I think Jones beats Derek Lewis. Ken Velasquez, like if you could get prime Ken Velasquez back Ken in Velasquez, there. Ken Velasquez, though, he even exist anymore. He's fighting Francis Ngannou here in about fucking yeah. six weeks' time. But the same guy that, that fought, you know, JDS and yeah, Bigfoot, knew what he did to Bigfoot twice. And, you know, is that guy still there? Like he did to Lesnar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's give just me. very, like, back injuries, knee injuries, years and years out. Give me Francis singing over to John Jones. Let me let me have this. I need this. Mm. Let me have it. I want to see it. Oh, uh, yeah, I'd like to see Ngannou get another one. Not a couple even to see if he's over the I know he got a quick knockout in his last one, but is he is he fully over and back to what he was over the, the loss and the inability to pull the trigger? Yeah. Uh we, I suppose the the Ken Velasquez fight will tell a lot about that. Uh Jack George, is there anyone out there now that can challenge Nunes right now? Think we'll see another Cyborg Nunes fight in the future or does it go the same way? I think we will see it. Is, is there anyone out there? You know, Cyborg is probably still the the best one to challenge her. I, I, yeah, Shevchenko as well. Like, yeah, you know, still there. Very close, yeah. And she could come up. Maybe she's looking to be a champ champ, but I don't know if that fight, fight's going to happen again. And to, um, Ketlin Vieira, I think, is, is very good as well. She's very strong mm-hmm. and, you know, good wrestling and stuff as well. So maybe, but yeah, at the moment, you know, definitely Nunes right out there uh, in in front. Uh, what do you think of Mike Beltran last night? I like his tone and he, he took with Joe strong verbal warning when his fingers were out towards the eyes. That's the rule. Uh, I don't know why most most refs don't uh, wait until there's contact made. Yeah, I think he did a, he did a very good job. You know, I thought I thought it was funny that Goddard was there and he wasn't made the ref for for the main event. I think Goddard's you know the best in the world. But you know, a couple of people pointed out to me and rightly so that you know Mike Beltran has improved. You know, he looks he looks a bit weird and stuff, but he's a very good referee. You know, in fairness, he doesn't really make that many mistakes, and I think he's a guy that's improved as well. And he did very well in that. Uh, that main event last night maybe he could have been more uh, assertive when he was stopping the fight he kind of waited for a second and then kind of fell on top of Jones and stuff but yeah I think generally he, he is a he is a good ref um, last couple here um, 
who could be next for Ryan Hall at 155 two impressive performances against Vets uh, with ages in between but he seems a threat he, he, I think he's gone back down to 145 now who, who um, are we talking about Ryan Hall Oh, Ryan Hall. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Cron Gracie. It's the only fight that makes sense. Let's make it happen. Yeah, it's a big step up for Cron Gracie, but it's an interesting matchup. Um, I can't really think of anybody else. Like, you can kind of put Ryan Hall against anybody, and it's an interesting matchup because can they avoid his, his game? Yeah. Like, it, it feels like. It feels like Ryan Hall is going to have to get a big step up here for someone to actually accept the fight with him. Like I, I'm thinking, maybe a Chad Mendes or someone like that. You know, Chad Mendes coming coming off the last night could be like six or seven ranked in that division or something like that. Do you push yeah. Ryan Hall that far? Like I think Chad Mendes would probably take that fight, and I think he'd probably win that fight as well. Uh, and it's a tough fight for for Ryan Hall, but I think if he wants to get fights, it's going to be have, probably have to be someone like that. I think it's going to be tough for like a, someone yeah. who's on the the verge of top fifteen or something to. Uh, to accept the fight with Ryan Hall, so that's a that's definitely a tough one. Um, can someone? Last question here from Jack Durgis. Can someone just bury this notion of a toe in the aisle? I compares to an eye puck. Yeah, it's it's definitely not the same thing. I I kind of jokingly said it last night. Lots of people were like, "Oh yeah, that's yeah, true." You don't like, oh, control. Yeah, it's it's just yeah. You you don't mean it. And I know it's it's kind of weird. You're trying to head. You're trying to kick with the shin, not the foot, yeah. and the person moves back, or you're you threw it at the wrong range, or you threw the wrong kick, and. Uh, it's very difficult to to control where your toes are going when you're throwing a kick. Yeah, hundred percent. So, you know, it's yeah, it, it it's a weird one like that. One, one question here from uh, from Twitter, and I'll answer the rest of them over on uh, on on the Q and A. Uh, Zinganos lacerated eyelid from Nick uh, Dedane could have been a lot worse. I don't recall seeing a fight in like that uh, this particular fashion. The octagon does Megan Anderson get next crack at Nunes because of that? Yeah, it was a, it was a rotten injury in fair a hundred percent. I I don't think she gets the next shot. I think it's going to be um, I think it's probably going to be the rematch. But you know, if there isn't a rematch, she's she's definitely the next in line. I say because there really isn't much else there. But yeah, that's it anyway. All right, thanks everybody for listening, Graham. Are you going to enjoy it? Are you going to go off and watch Man United now? Are you looking forward to seeing the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's? We're back, actually, aren't we? It's great. Like, Liverpool, <laughs> Liverpool are back. Man United are back. It's You're just, back. It's a great time. Back to seventh. The good times are back. The good times are back. Can, can, we, get one, um, can we get one song out of you of uh, We're Going to Win the League? Go on. Just play us no. out there and we're going to win the league. Go on. We're no. going to win the league. We're going to win the league. And now you fucking <laughs> believe us. What year were you born, actually? 87. So when was the last time you ever won the league? 90. 90? Ah, so you've, well, you haven't really seen it, but <laughs> it'd be great. Fair play. Look, fair play, Jim. I hope you win it now. That'd no, you it. don't. It'd what are you be... talking about? Don't ah, lie to I the do. people, Sam. I do. Fair play, Jim. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, you do, my ass. Your voice is going all high. Um, all my Liverpool friends out there, fair play, Jim. You have no Congrats. friends, Sean. Stop lying to the people. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations on winning the winning the Premier League. Much like John Jones, it'll be tainted, but uh, I don't know. Tainted uh, by what? I don't know. Moneyball, buying all these fucking the world's, Moneyball. The world's most expensive goalkeeper and defender and stuff. But fair play, she bought it. So we, so we, we got two yeah, two players for the for the price of Coutinho, who's handy enough. Yeah. Van Dijk and Allison. While Man United have gone out here Indian games with uh, four lads that came from their academy, you know, you can obviously go out and buy, you know, Mohamed Salah, the best striker in the world you know um, uh, Keita what, he wasn't nine, the best striker in the world he wasn't even a striker when nine, he for 90 million 90 million he was a, he was a Chelsea 150 he was a Chelsea million, 150 million goalkeeper or what 90 million the defender as a fair play <laughs> 150 million well congratulations on buying the league but you know hashtag well fake news you can't you know not everyone Not it's not a, It's not for everyone you yeah. know actually bringing through your own players and winning it that way but fair play like Trent Alexander-Arnold or Joe Gomez has been there a long time as well Lovren is it in Van Dijk is it in Robertson and Salah and Firmino and 
Manny is it yeah. all them lads who you brought through so young Bobby from Eno grew up on the streets of Liverpool jeez what about that first goal he got <laughs> yesterday have you ever seen a more poxy goal than that fuck it's me it's such an Arsenal goal though isn't it like they just can't defend but it's such a keeper why is the keeper standing there it's like but like what is the keeper actually doing like I was watching it back I'm like what there's something mini they would do it's just yeah, like he's it's... actually just all over the place like, what like, the hell is he doing if I was a Liverpool he fan he should be standing in the middle of his goal picking up that ball like what, what what's he doing if I... I know it's a terrible clearance and all that but what are you doing if I was a Liverpool fan I couldn't enjoy games because every time they show Klopp you can just see mini lay behind him and I'm like oh no we're one injury we're away one from... broken hand away from this idiot <laughs> yeah exactly I'd be like fuck's sake <laughs> I'd say Alisson with a broken hand is probably a lot better than playing he anyway. probably is yeah he probably is although he wasn't that good against Man United when we scored a goal against you Prick. Nah, I have to make it uh, interesting uh, like there was uh, yeah, yeah. you know a lot yeah. of people watching like. fair. And, uh, <laughs> fair play to Liverpool as well they got Jose Mourinho sacked so we can always uh, we can always thank him for that fair your boy you. yeah my boy Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is my boy Solskjaer for life legend he should, he should register himself and bring himself off the bench he should actually be a good man wouldn't he but we fill in so it doesn't matter we have the best super sub in the world I, I was arguing with the lads there last week if you would Fellaini didn't get done for the hair pulling or, or sure, if you had 10 minutes left in the, no let's say 3 minutes left in the game right you were 1-0 down and you had Messi or Fellaini on the bench who would you bring on Messi obviously oh, you fuck that you bring on Fellaini lashed long it's balls absolutely ridiculous why what's three Messi minutes. gonna do what's Messi, Messi in the last three how many goals has Messi scored in the last three minutes of games over the lads here. are fucking 18 nil down how many has Fellaini got fucking loads not that many glass Fellaini's <laughs> <laughs> the best player in the world he's way better than Messi I said it here yeah. what about Mike Smalling uh, Smalling's, Smalling's still good. he's injured at the moment unfortunately but he's getting on a bit now he's turning 30 there in a couple of weeks time I think <laughs> so he's, he's, on. he's all over the gaff these days uh, like Smalling's been playing like fucking since he was 20 years of age for that Maidstone playing full time then he went to Fulham was playing all so the only, time yeah like, he only started playing full time when he was like yeah, but early 20s think about it like Smalling uh, okay he had a few injury problems but he never had really a big long term injury like Smalling's probably played fucking 600 games in mm. his career like, look at Jimmy Milner though as well like he's played a lot of games I know he had a couple of years at Man City where he was a bit power player but Milner, for like Leeds and Newcastle and, Milner's a different like, sort of breed of lad though isn't he he's like a fucking hardy fuck like he's the last yeah. of a breed he's like play every game injured he didn't give a fuck he'd just keep going forever like fairness to him yeah so yeah there you go alright we had soccer to start and in the podcast I feel like I should take off the soccer to start the podcast because we went on too long but anyway no definitely um, thanks everybody for listening <laughs> uh, we'll be back hopefully next week with a show even though there's no cards coming up so <laughs> please send us in questions and we'll answer them but we'll probably have a review of the year or some shit anyway alright thanks everyone for listening and we'll end it on the inspirational quote of the week you're born an original don't die a copy we'll see you next Tuesday or Sunday or Monday.